Jerry Fragon and Doug Connolly work for Taylor Fragon Capital Management. All opinions expressed should not be relied upon for your individual investment advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Taylor Fragon Capital Management and its clients may maintain positions in securities discussed. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon Capital Management. If you are a Taylor Fragon client, please remember to contact Taylor Fragon in writing if there are any changes in your personal financial situation or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. A copy of Taylor Fragon Capital Management's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees. Once again, is it's available time for the long running podcast. I'm Doug. And he's Jerry. Doug. I'm Jerry. Studiously checking his email for a trade. Oh, it's done. Oh, okay. So checking his email for whatever else. Whatever else. Exactly. <laughs> whatever, whatever gets him out of talking to me. <laughs> Leave me alone, Doug. All right. So, uh, well, Jerry, this is for you. I mean, your name's on the firm, so. So is Dick Taylor, but he's not here. Exactly. <laughs> he's not here to ignore me. <laughs> I'm not ignoring you, Doug. I would never ignore you. So, anyway, today, well, we're going to start with something. We're not experts. We're not legal experts. I mean, no. We like to think. I have uh, talked my way out of a few parking tickets, but we... And that's not true. I smiled my way because no. I'm very. This is, he's he's a photogenic and a smiley dude. Exactly. Um, a big Supreme Court case is probably coming up next term, so it's not going to be you no. Know, unlike uh, unlike last summer, we're probably not going to have a bombastic Supreme Court case this year. Looks like they're going to take the year off from uh, riots in the streets. But this is a big one because it involves the the Chevron. Deference is that correct? That's what I'm. The Chevron deference, which I will be honest with you, this last week is the first time I ever heard of it. Um, it's obviously was a well hidden case that, as I understand it, and and Doug, you so aptly put, we are definitely not experts. Um, this gets to the the extent to which unelected bureaucrats and regulatory agencies, bureaucracies can make rules themselves. Uh, it is, you know, we live in a constitutional Republic. Allegedly. Allegedly, which means that, well, I guess it can mean different things to different people, but in my view, it means that, you know, elected representatives are, are put in, in their position by the electorate to make decisions with respect to laws and rules and what have you. And, and more and more it, it, over the, I think, decades, it, it would appear that Congress in, in this country has abdicated its responsibility for making law. Uh, laws pass and then they hand it over to the bureaucracies to make the rules. It, that, that's actually, I think, a good way of, of, of describing it is um, you know, how does the IRS tax code get to, what is it, some 80, 90,000 pages now? Um, that primarily comes from leeway given to the IRS to make the rules. 
So the law is passed and maybe the law is something as vague as, you know, here's the, you know, here's the tax rate we're going to charge. We want, we want you to pay. And then various ancillary you know, issues surrounding that law are, de- are decided upon by the bureaucracy, how things are to be enforced and what have you. So this Chevron deference is a case that's before, that the Supreme Court apparently has, has agreed to hear. And, and there's some, obviously somebody is bringing this case to them and I don't remember the names of who were involved, but there was a, there was a law that was passed, I think 20 years ago now. And it had, it involved the Chevron, the company, the oil company Chevron, in which again, without getting into the gory details, more leeway was given to regulatory agencies to make rules. And that, and, and that, I think it, just on the outside, given that Congress is the only one that's supposed to make laws, um, it, it appears that there's a real good chance that there could, this could be overturned. And I think partly because in this last 20 years, and we've talked about this, I mean, since I, I, I would trace it to look, regulatory creep has been happening for decades and decades and decades and decades, maybe even a couple of hundred years. <laughs> um, but it, the 21st century has been marked by an, a hyper extensive increase in the regulatory burden, particularly on businesses, but also on individuals in all walks of life. I, uh, from the business side of it, I always refer to things like Sarbanes-Oxley, which was in the wake of the Enron debacle, um, Dodd-Frank in the wake of the 0809 financial crisis, the Patriot Act in the wake of 9-11, which I think there's probably, and, and I will be the first to admit, I'm raising my hand right now, when it was first being bandied about, I was saying, yeah, yeah, right on. Let's, you know, we want to catch those terrorists. Well, what a mistake that's been. I was actually on sort of, that was my my libertarian period. And, I was, you know, except the big social issue. Actually, just really, really, except for one obvious issue, I was pretty libertarian. Yeah. But, uh, and I was trending, too. trending that way. I was too, but there was that, that, you know, national security thing that still came out and, and even the heart, our most ardent of, of, there were some ardent libertarians who were saying, who were okay with it. I think there were many that were vastly um, bothered by it, but, and, 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 and in hindsight, they were right. You were right. I was wrong. That was, uh, that has now turned out to be one of the worst things I think we've done, but. I so, went along with COVID so, too long. So it's all, it all ends out. Which I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and for that matter, COVID and all the things that came, COVID was like the just, okay, now we're going to really go crazy. Oh, this is like, that's what we, yeah. this is what we train for. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like, the, it's like the black belt in karate yeah. whose house gets invaded. And yeah. Like, it all comes I down get to, to this. use it now. Yes. No, absolutely. That was, is what COVID was. It was just it, on steroids, all of that nuts, nuttiness on steroids. Um, and so how do we get back to this Chevron deference? It's all related. It's, it's government overreach. It's, it's bureaucratic overreach, bureaucratic creep, call it what you want, the regulatory creep. Um, and the thing that's, that's, I think something that's very important, I mean, unless you're an outright Marxist, which I think there's many in our government now, I don't think there's as many in the country as they want you to believe, they being those that are in the government that are Marxists. I don't think they want, they want, they, they, they want you to believe that the country is all behind this. I don't think it is, but people don't pay attention. 
heck, I had never heard of the Chevron deference. And I look at this stuff all day, every day. I did, we just call it government. It's government. Yeah. But I didn't, usually I'll hear of things. Yeah. Like when I talk about in, in, in speeches that I give about Sarbanes-Oxley, Dodd-Frank, you know, all these things related to Enron, the, the 1998 uh, NASDAQ trading. So people don't know what you're talking about because they don't pay attention. And, and, and in many ways, rightfully so, they shouldn't have to. We, we shouldn't have to be worrying about this, but it's been on steroids in the last 20 years in this country and it's affecting business in a major way. And so this is something if, if for those that are listeners, all, all two of you that are listening, <laughs> um, I don't think it's that bad, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, of course, I'm going to you know, tell duck, you whatever duck, doesn't duck, get go, Chevron deference and read about it because it's a, if, if this, this could be one of the most significant cases, maybe even in the history, in the long run, I actually would argue this could end up going down the road of, you know, Dred Scott, as far as what it could mean to turning the tide in a very positive direction away from this creep that's happened, this nonsense that has been on, as we said, particularly on steroids in the last three years with the COVID mess. For the record, Dred Scott was a bad decision. It was a bad decision, but I mean, turn, overturning. Oh, overturning. Yeah, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Uh, and the case, just to be clear, the specifics of this case, it's a little bit, it's a little, like many things, it's a little nuanced. Uh, but with the Chevron defense has been, has been. Deference. Deference. Yeah. De- deference has been, that's nuanced too. Yes, it is. But it is deference. It's deference. The Chevron deference has been chipped away at since the Reagan administration. And so, so that. But what's happened has is that the Supreme Court has been slowly signaling to lower courts, hey, don't rely on this that much. And the lower courts and the government are not getting the message. And that's why that we think there's this there's this desire to finally overturn it in the Supreme Court to go from being skeptical of the Chevron deference to actually saying head on. This is what we right. this is what we believe. This is what we think. And the specifics of this case are a case uh, involve uh, fishing vessels that are forced to pay for their inspectors, mm-hmm. for the government expect- inspectors, reducing their profit margins by, I believe, 20%. So the case is uh, named, uh, the one that's here, uh, where is the name? It's Loper something. She's the, let me find it. What's the stupid case? Sorry. Uh, the, well, the original case, the 84 case that during the Reagan administration was Chevron versus Natural Resources Defense What was Council. the year? 84. That, okay. was, that was during Reagan's. That was when the that was when it first came to into being. Well, that's that's when it grabbed its got its name, uh, the Chevron deference. And in this case, is Loper Bright Enterprises. That's the fishing company versus who's now suing to take this to the Supreme Court to overturn it. Yes, versus Raimondo. Okay, yep. Raimondo. I remember that. Okay, yep. I think yeah, I think we've got that right now. So, regardless, without getting into the weeds, which you kind of started going in the weeds, and that's okay because it gives some background of which again the swamp major weeds, footnote Jerry. we're not experts there's we're weeds not, in the swamp there is weeds there's it's also wet yep um we're not experts we're not we don't even i don't even know enough about this case to talk too much about it except that if it's as i understand an attempt to try and rein in runaway government regulation that's a good thing and it's particularly a good thing for business um and and it may be that this is coming to fruition right now because we have finally reached a point where people are fed up. I mean, when you have the government 
And it was rather interesting. Uncle Chucky Schumer yesterday saying, nobody's trying to take your gas stoves away. And yet New York just passed some sort of or was attempting to pass a law. I don't know if they actually got it through to eliminate gas stoves. You can keep your doctor, Jerry. California wants you can keep your doctor. It's not going to cost you any more. You know, California wants to do away with the internal combustion engine by 2035. Jennifer Granholm from the energy secretary wants to have the military to have nothing but electric vehicles by 2030. Are you kidding me? Who are these people and where do they come from and what are they trying to do? Well, consistently they're stating, so, they're stating a goal. They're taking actions to make the goal happen. They're making it happen. Then when you say it's happening, you're either lying or you're the problem. And I was starting to go, yes, I was starting to go down a road that, you know, unless you're a hardcore Marxist, this really shouldn't be a political issue. This shouldn't be a Democrat versus Republican issue. We There was a time, at, le- at least as far as I recall, that everybody believed in these basic freedoms. Everybody believed that in, in a, a limited form of government, well, I grant that the left in this country was always arguing for maybe it, it was an argument over at what level of government control. I think now you've gotten to a point where this isn't arguing over a level of government and not even government control. It's a, it's it's how much does government get involved in various industries and various you know aspects of what, to what level does it provide a safety net and all those kinds of things. Um, obviously being more right leaning on anybody listening to this clearly knows that's where both of us come from. I'm going to lean more towards let's, you know, it's not very efficient when government gets involved in things. Let's, let's let, you know, churches, for example, take more responsibility for, uh, aiding and abetting health, healthcare and, and helping the poor and what have you. We can argue about that. And we did argue about that for years and years and years with Republicans and Democrats, both believing that business should be private and separate. And there are certain things that the government has no business. I mean, my gosh, what were the hippies all about? What was the whole revolution of the 60s all about? It was against the man. Who's the man? It's government. And isn't it kind of ironic that those are the people now that in large part are pushing for all this stuff, but or at least it would appear that way. Well, it is interesting, though, on a on a political note, sort of, it's broader than political. Remember when the globalists were anti-corporate yes. back in the Bush administration? Yes. It's been, and it, look, in defense, the converse is true also as well. I mean, you know, the, the, both sides, both the left and the right have sort of switched with regard to the, the, the globalist agenda to a degree because the, the, the right seemed more aligned to the, or more friendly than it is today, at least. And well, now, you know, you got the globalists aligned with the corporates. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, what what this current brand of sort of Marxist behavior is looking like is, um, you know, government and gigantic business just in bed together. And, yeah, is it any surprise this and this is all related people. The 8,000 to 4,000 problem that we talked about, 8,000 public companies to 4,000 public companies. Why do you think that's happened in the last 20 years? Because these regulatory regimes have made it harder and harder and harder for small businesses to thrive. And yet, I don't know if these statistics are exactly right anymore, but certainly there was a time where 80% of people were employed by small business. So what is going on when it appears that, that... that things are going in a direction that everybody is, uh, well, not everybody, but the powers that be are 
claiming to be, you know, this is, I guess this is always the case, claiming to be champions of the average person when in reality what they're doing is creating a situation where the average person is having a really hard time getting by um, because the average person is employed by a small business that's having a hard time getting by. And, and we're one of those that can make reference to that when you just simply look, you know, you know we just went through a, a review of our whole compliance procedure here. And I mean, the, compared to 16, whatever years ago when we started this, the, the amount of regulatory uh, responsibility that we have is mind boggling compared to what it was today. It's mind boggling compared to what it was 16 years ago. Enough said. Sort of. Yeah, we can. We can I don't know. It. I just call it a day on that. I find it kind of. So there's a there's a point. The point of all of this is maybe just maybe there's a major game changer coming. I think this is potentially a major game changer, and we'll see. I think a big weakness of people is. By the way, though, did you find out before you say it, go there? Did you find out about the four votes in the Supreme Court when there's only eight voting? Yeah, I think it was a mistake in the article. So we read an article that claimed that since Justice Jackson is recused from this case because she she was on the earlier case, right? Um, there was that, that basically the case that led to this um, immediate Loper case. An article we both read claimed that they only she's recused, so we only needed four votes to overturn this. Well, the me being a math major said, well. Four versus four is a tie. Yeah, and so and and so I had to think about it a little bit. You were a math yes. major. I was the, economics. Yep, the kind of economics that does we have two math. hands. Yep. Okay. And so the, but it, upon further reading, we said that if in the event of a tie, the lower cases ruling stays, uh, and the lowercase ruling has is right now is in def, is in defense of the government. So I, I think that was a mistake in, in that in that if there's a four four tie, I don't think I don't think Jackson recusing herself really changes the. You they need five need votes. Five. You still need, need five, five votes, votes one way or the other. So in a four four tie, um, so it'd just be five to three. It'd be five. Yeah. So we need five to three. So because a four four tie, the lowercase ruling would stand. And in that case, the lowercase ruling was against Loper. So these fi- these fishermen have yeah. to pay for their own inspectors. So interesting. How much different would the perfect storm have been if there were an inspector on the boat with the movie? Yeah. With them. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great, I love that movie. Sad. I only, I don't, I think I only saw the end where like, well, what I thought was really cool was the boat climbing up that wave, basically perpendicular to the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. That's no, I think that's the only scene I remember. So Trying to gun it and see if we can get over the top. Oops, we're not going to make it. Not going to make it. (laughs) Then, yeah. Then everyone dies, including the government inspector. Yes, but the government inspector wasn't there. Yeah. Is what you're saying. No, there wasn't. Might things have changed if he was there. Yep. So we need to lose ballast. Throw the inspector overboard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, anything else going on? You had one more thing you wanted to talk about real quickly. I did. Yeah. Coinbase. Coinbase won round one of the battle against the SEC in court. The court has ruled that Coinbase has to respond, or no, excuse me, the SEC has to respond to Coinbase requests for guidance. Now, what does that mean? I'm not sure. Responding like 
Hey, we're responding. <laughs> Take a hike. <laughs> I don't you know. I don't know what what kind of teeth are in that, but we'll see. I mean, that's a very important case with respect to um, what I would argue is purposeful foot dragging on the part of government to come to terms with what the rules and regs should be with respect to crypto trading, securitization, call it what you want. Um, so we'll see. Stay tuned. But that that does look like the court is not going to be, you know, just rubber stamping the government, the SEC doing whatever the heck they want to do, which is nothing. The government is is essentially taking a position of um, we're not going to tell you the rules, but we'll let you know when you break them. Yep. And that is under the most cynical reading of how government operates. Well, and they're claiming they're claiming that the existing 1930, 40 era rules apply. Well, that's absurd. I mean, it's absurd only to the context of in the context of there not being anything remotely like a crypto token, for example, or a cryptocurrency then. And there are clearly differences. There may be similarities, but there are clearly differences. And so um, that is that is that is a non-starter. Any, any thinking person can't accept that as saying, well, we're just working off the rules that are on the books. Well, sorry, but no. And actually, I don't even want to, you know, this is an example again, of we're, we're right back to Chevron deference. This is an example of regulatory creep in a way that is not creep. It's regulatory blitzkrieg. Um, and Congress needs to step in. And I think there is actually some movement on that too. I, we, we don't have time to get into that. There is some movement on that. There are some, there are some proposals before Congress. Now, whether anything can get done in this perfectly harmonious political environment, harmonious political environment, I doubt it, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, but that, that is uh, at least an initial win, if you will, albeit small for Coinbase, which Full transparency is one of our positions. I think we should have to do all crypto with one of those Enigma machines from World War II, like in the U5, U571 movie. Oh, those are great movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. But probably wouldn't apply to crypto. No. Probably not. So, well, the most cynical reading of government, and government has earned this cynical reading, is that they don't tell you the rules so they can get you for them either way if they don't like you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's certainly a risk. And as long as government is going to be vague, they're open to that criticism. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. we'll see. We'll see. All right. Thanks for listening to the Longly Podcast. There's various ways you can check us out and support us. First, tell a friend, rate us on iTunes and follow us on Instagram, taylorforgone.invest. Also, if you're interested in our services, taylorforgone.com. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Thanks for joining us for the Long Only Podcast.